Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mo Money Podcast. This is episode 261 uh, of the Mo Money Podcast, and I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse. Welcome back to the show. So glad to see you. Uh, I can't, you know, see you, but you know, I'm so glad that you're here because I know you're here. You may not know that I know, but I know. Um, so thank you for joining me for another episode. Uh, you're going to like this episode, another episode where I have two guests, um, a little bit different than last week where, you know, last week when I had, uh, Stephanie and Jillian from our, uh, freedom years on the show, they were in the same room, they were together. Um, so a little bit easier to coordinate this one. I had two guests different parts of the country. So we, it was basically three kind of tracks and, 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 uh, it was interesting. Actually, it actually worked out quite well. So it's, and it was a great conversation because they bring such uh, different perspectives uh, and and have different stories. So I know you're going to love it. Who am I talking about? Can I? Let's get to that. I'm sure you're wondering, huh? Okay, so I have Nancy Jensen and Sarah Duenwald on the show. Nancy is the CEO, and Sarah is the head of operations and program of the Swing Shift. You can find more information about the Swing Shift at theswingshift.co. Also, that is their um, Instagram and Twitter handle. You can find them uh, online. Um, at the swing shift, but a, a little information about each of these ladies. We talk a little bit about their backgrounds in the show, but just to give you some perspective, Nancy is obviously now the CEO and co-founder of the swing shift. But before that, she built her career establishing new and emerging emerging businesses uh, at International Data Corporation. She opened businesses on both coasts, and at Microsoft, she launched operating systems, server, and early SaaS products, including SharePoint's market introduction. She served as account director at Sterling Communications, and she's been featured in Forbes, The Huffington Post. Uh, at Seattle's infamous F-Bomb Breakfast Club and at the Female Founders Alliance Champion Awards. And uh, Nancy believes that women shouldn't be penalized for taking care of their families committed to, uh, and she's committed to getting women into the workforce on their own terms and uh, is dedicated to 100% pay parity. So love that. And a little bit about Sarah. So Sarah's career over the past 15 years has focused on revenue growth operations in the technology consulting industry at ADP, where she managed a team of business development representatives. And as a senior manager for a gaming technology uh, consulting company, uh, she has won multiple president's clubs uh, of, and various awards for revenue achievement and client growth. And after the birth of her second child, Sarah took a, a brief career pause and then, as fate would have it, met Nancy and they co-founded The Swing Shift to pursue their passion for helping women in career transition and she heads up operations programming and partner relationships at The Swing Shift. And she believes it's imperative to change the perception of the modern workplace and works every day to empower women to take control of their careers. So you're going to love these ladies. You're going to love their book. You're going to love this podcast episode. Before I get to it, just want to share a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by the Canada Deposit Insurance Corporation, CDIC. Have you seen those commercials about CDIC and wondered, who are they, why do they exist, and why do they advertise? Well, those are some good questions. First, the Canada Deposit Insurance Corporation, or CDIC, is a federal crown corporation that protects your savings at their member institutions. Basically, this means that you won't lose your money in the unlikely case of a bank failure. Well, that's reassuring to know, but could a bank in Canada ever actually fail? 
You may be surprised to know that they can, and they have. Since its creation in 1967, the CDIC has handled over 40 of these failures, but the good news is no one has ever lost a penny of their savings under CDIC protection. Oh, and to answer the third question, CDIC advertises because public awareness has a direct impact on financial stability. In other words, when Canadians know about CDIC, they can make more informed decisions about their money. It's as simple as that. So make sure to visit cdic.ca to see how you're covered. Once again, that's cdic.ca to learn more. Welcome to the Mo Money Podcast, Nancy and Sarah. I'm so pleased to have you both on the show. And honestly, this is the first time I think I've ever had two guests on at once, which is exciting. Oh, that is exciting. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're thrilled to be here. Yay. Okay, great. Well, I feel like your book, Back to Business, is absolutely so timely. And I've never had anyone on the show to talk about the specific topic of re-entering the workforce. So I know so many people are going to absolutely love your book and love this episode. Um, before we really get into the topics of the book, which is you know how to re-enter the workforce after being out of it for so long, which is, I think, a worry uh, from women especially... I mean, this is something that I've always kind of worried about too, if ever I wanted to take a mat leave or something like that. Um, so, so, so important and timely. But before we dive in, I want to know what your kind of backgrounds are. How did you both come together to write this book? I'm going to start with you, Nancy. Can you share a little bit about how you kind of came to this juncture of, of creating this book? Sure. Um, my background is actually in market research and uh, enterprise software product launch. Uh, I worked in International Data Corporation uh, for five years, and I opened up businesses on both coasts. And then I had the opportunity to work at Microsoft, where I worked on, I can't remember if it was 17 or 19 different product launches, but um, I, I you know, was part of the team that uh, did the business development for introduction and then market growth of SharePoint, which you know is a billion-dollar business. At that point, my my first child was on her way, and I decided to step back a little bit. I kept my hand in at work, but then when Joe, my second, showed up, uh, all the wheels fell off the bus. And uh, my, you know, they, there's that kid's song, the wheels on the bus go round and round. They just fell off. And so um, my original goal was to take a year, um, a year leave, and it quickly expanded to five. And when it was time for me to go back... I just started interviewing um, for product management jobs at local companies, and I was really appalled um, by the the perspectives that recruiters and hiring managers had about people who had taken breaks. Um, and at, so at that point, I decided I'm going to do something about this because it actually it made me really angry. I thought, if it's this hard for me and I have this really pristine professional experience, what's it like for everybody else? turns out it's it's bad 45 percent of american women take breaks and they all face this when it's time for them to come back so at that point i met sarah and we started the swing shift amazing yeah that's a lot 45 percent that's a huge number i don't think i was aware of that that's crazy a lot of people don't realize that that it's uh, almost half the workforce working women will take a break at some point Wow. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Sarah, uh, I, since you met Nancy, and I, I feel like you probably have maybe a similar kind of experience. 
Yeah, so they're a little bit different, which is kind of nice because we um, come at this important topic from kind of different angles. So I was in technology as well, but I was on tech consulting in the games and entertainment industries. And that was pretty, a lot of fun. Um, and I had my first child and I worked full time with her. And then I had my second and I went back for just a few weeks and then realized, you know what, this is not what I wanted to do anymore. I was unsure of what I wanted to do next, but I knew that um, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be where I was anymore. And I'm sure a lot of women can um, identify with that. They're, you know, not quite sure where they want to be, but they know they don't want to be where they're at. And that's a hard place to be, um, especially for people that are type A and usually have a plan. And um, that's exactly how I was. So I felt, I took a year off and I felt pretty lost and I didn't know how to get to that next step. I didn't know how to, you know, talk about my skills and what I wanted to do next because I wasn't sure. But what I did know is that I needed to start connecting with people and start networking again. And so I just started telling people, you know, I'm not quite sure what I want my next step to be, but you know me and what I'm capable of. And these are my passions. And I'd always been passionate about helping women in their careers. My friends were always, um, I was the first one they'd come to if they had um, career questions, negotiation, whatever it may be. And I just kind of started having those conversations and someone connected me to Nancy. And at that same time, you know, she was feeling this frustration and you know, had a plan of potentially uh, launching a program to target this um, demographic. And I was, I was that demographic as well. Um, and so we decided to try it and um, we launched a swing shift in 2017. Wow. So I, I guess from your, uh, you know, creating uh, the swing shift, you, you found that so many people had the exact same kind of experience and they don't know where to go and start. And I feel like from, from my point of view, talking to uh, a lot of people in my, uh, you know, it, you know, in their thirties who are thinking of having families or they're starting their early families. A lot of women I know are, who are, you know, before that were really career focused are actually afraid to even start a family because of the potential um, that it may have, you know, it may have some negative uh, effects on their career. I remember like, you know, back in the day when Lean In came out, it scared me actually to to have a family because I know that probably wasn't the messaging of Lean In, but it scared me because I'm like, it will have a, a negative effect. And there's so much data out there that shows that um, women who take breaks, it's harder to get back into the workforce and you do sacrifice, you know, potential like promotions, bonuses, um, and career growth. So I, I kind of want to start there. What would your advice be for someone who is kind of planning to maybe have a family and take some time off as you should if you want to have a family? What should they think about even before it happens? Anything that they can do to kind of maybe preserve their their job or, or just, you know, make it the transition a little bit easier if they eventually, you know, want to take a year off and get back to work. Nancy, I'll start with you. Yep. I, I think that this is the smartest thing anybody who is considering taking a break, whether it's for maternity leave or other reasons. People leave for lots of reasons, right? For health, for travel. Um, Sarah can talk more um, in more depth about what's happening right now with millennials, where it's not a career track, it's a career wave where they come and go and come and go. Um, proactively planning for this, um, I think it takes two two tracks, if you will. Um, first, if you know you're going to be out for a certain amount of time, you want to start socking some money away. 
And in some ways it's like saving for a house or, you know, saving for a car or saving for whatever it is you want. Um, the reality is you're not going to be generating an income during that time. And so you want to take a look at what your expenses are going to be. I mean, this is a very block and tackle exercise. What are your expenses? How much do you need to set aside um, to keep your household running? And I, I think the other track on this is to go in and to negotiate for as much money as you can right up front. Get paid what you are worth. That's, I think, proactively, those are the two things you can do um, that are going to set you up for success. Sarah, I think you have an additional perspective on this. Yeah, absolutely. I think when, um, regardless of if you think you're going to take a break or not, you should plan for that to potentially happen. So when you are um, thinking about raising a family and either, or you're pregnant or before you're pregnant, whenever that is, start proactively thinking, okay. I am going to um, start networking, right? Like keep those networks relevant. Set the expectation before you leave that you're going to stay in contact with your clients and your colleagues every so often. Make sure that you keep your LinkedIn if you don't have one. Make sure you have a LinkedIn and get it up to date and um, you know a completed profile before you leave because that is going to be your main tool while you're out on a break. Um, and I would just say that one, don't be ashamed of taking a break. Don't be unapologetic about it. Um, don't be scared. This is your right if you're able to do that. Um, and you want to make sure that you're enjoying that time. You know, I made that mistake when I was out for a year. I was too busy looking at all of my colleagues that were getting promotions and stressing out about not working and what was I going to do that I didn't even enjoy it. And that is my biggest regret. Make sure that you're enjoying where you're at. There's a lot going on after you have kids and babies. And one thing that people don't realize is most of the time, it's not your first kid that takes you out of the workforce. It's your second because that's, that's, when, totally true. that's when your childcare costs start rising. That's when your plate gets a lot more full um, where you feel like you can't manage everything. And that's also something to keep in mind as well. Um, now, if you love your job and you are like, there's no way I'm leaving, then that's great too, right? But we still say plan, plan if you can, and just small things will will make a big difference. Mm-hmm. So since you mentioned, you know, if you love your job, that's definitely one scenario. It's maybe a little bit easier if you just want to take, you know, a year off, go back to that job. You know, yeah, you missed out on a year, but it's a little bit easier to get back into it. If like in your uh, situation, you take some time off, you go back to your job. And I've seen this so many times that, you know, jobs I've been, people come on mat leave, they stay for a few months and then they're out of there. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of that probably has to do with having that time uh, to actually really reflect on like, do I even like my job? Uh, what's that? I guess, what's that kind of transition look like when you go back to the workforce and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't like my job or even my career. What do I do now? <laughs> Yes. And Jessica, you're hitting on a point that we, I mean, we have worked with hundreds and hundreds of women and talked with thousands more. And that is a very consistent theme, particularly when women take breaks. It does give them the time to review and reflect on 
what do I want out of this part of my life? Because you're right, when you're in your 20s and 30s and you're focused on your career, that's what you're focused on. But once these other elements come in, right, you're starting your own family, your parents are getting older, maybe you or someone in your family has some health concerns. There's these added considerations that you need to take into account. And depending um, depending on the study that you look at, and certainly from our research, when women take breaks, anywhere between 50 and 60% want to do something different when they come back. And it's because of these additional considerations. Um, and so uh, we, we really believe uh, firmly in saying, what is it? review what it is you liked and look, at, look for things that leverage the skills that you enjoy doing and that you like to do. And try to stay away from the things that don't fulfill you as much. And as Sarah says, it's super important to keep those networks up, even in a casual way. Yeah, it's a pretty confusing time when you, you know, there's lots of hormones happening and lots of things going on. And, you know, when you're feeling really unhappy, you also get a little bit more perspective. I think at times after you've had some kids, your, you know, your priorities shift a little bit and you've gotten some space to say, you know, what is important to me? And if you find yourself back in that job that's not fulfilling, if you have the means, you can take time off. If you don't, which many of us don't, then you need to, you know, there's there's exercises. And actually in our book, we talk a lot about this. There's some worksheets and exercises that you can do to start putting words on paper. You know, what are the things that you've liked about your past jobs? What are the things you disliked? You know, what are your skills? What do people come to you for? What are your strengths? You know, those are the things that you're going to start being able to um, talk about for transferable skills into something else, right? So you want to start doing some digging, if you will, um, while you're currently in that job, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for, you know, because it it's also uh, one struggle when you just take a year or two off. But what if you, you know, were a stay at home mom for a good amount of time, like five, 10 years is like, I think a lot of people who have been away from the workforce for a substantial amount of time are even thinking like, I don't know if I can even get back in. Is it possible? And how difficult is it to, you know, if you've been away for that long? I mean, just even talking about technology, I watched your um, book trailer and and part of it mentioned like, you know, you may need to learn some new programs and oh my gosh, programs for and software has changed so much and even just the past like three years. So how difficult is it to kind of get back in when you've been away for so long? Well, you know, Jessica, as you, as you mentioned up front, yeah, there, the longer you're away, the harder it's going to be. Uh, and you need a strategy. I mean, what we find many times is that when women, no matter how long they've been out, whether it's two years, 10, or even more, the first thing they want to talk about is their resume. And, you know, yeah, you need a resume, but what you need is a plan. And what we found um, at the swing shift, and we talk about it in the book, is there seems to be one of four plans of attack. Um, and one is to just go back to what you did before, both industry or role. Another is to move into something new, because as we said, over half of women who take breaks want to do something different so they can try a new role in a contract engagement. Sometimes they have to lily pad and that, and by that we mean you have to take one job that only uses part of your skill set as a way to get yourself into the next job. 
um, that really is the most fulfilling version. And then sometimes if you really want to do a wholesale, you know, 90 degree turn, we do um, recommend trying a pro bono to paid approach where for a very, very short amount of time, like three to six months max, you uh, work with, say, the membership director of a local industry organization as a way to get to know uh, the people and the industry and the companies and then use that to go get yourself a job. But you, you need a plan. But it absolutely is possible. <laughs> That's what I think if we leave with one thing today is letting everyone know that it absolutely is possible. You can get back to work. There's just some things that it's, it's helpful if you know in advance and it's really how you, um, your strategy and then how you talk about yourself. It's important. Yeah. And I feel like that's still a, a big learning curve for so many people, even myself. Uh, you know, I, I did it looking back. I mean, now I'm self-employed, so it's a bit different. But when I was an employee, I did all the things wrong, especially in interviews. Um, you know, definitely always focused on the resume and not so much on my specific skills or what I can uniquely bring to it. Um, I want to kind of talk about the, because you talk about this in the book, um, your personal brand and how that, I mean, I feel like that wasn't even a term, you know, not too long ago. Now it's, it's an essential. What does that mean in this day and age? And why is it so important to help you with that transition getting back to work? Yeah, it's, it is funny. It's, it's definitely, um, become a lot more popular that term in the last few years. And, you know, some people think of your personal brand as, you know, they look at those influencers out there and that's really not the case at all. Really what your personal brand is, it's, it, shows who you are, what you offer, and what makes you different. And it's important, especially um, for those in career transition, to have a sense of their personal brand because it's a chaotic, overcrowded job market right now, and you want that to help you stand out. Um, and, you know, it's it's not hard, right? There's a few steps even to get it started. The first is really you want to think about who you are as a whole person. And I kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, it may take some initial work to figure out, but start asking your friends, past colleagues, what they admire about you. What can you be counted on for? What are your strengths? All of these are the characteristics that start shaping your brand. And then next, you want to start um, being active on social media. You want to determine first what platforms you want to utilize. We always recommend LinkedIn, of course, the professional networking site. Um, and the key there is to engage with people and be consistent. Um, start connecting with others to build your digital network. It's important you have that, especially now. Um, and then, of course, you want to keep in mind who is your audience? I think this is a key piece that people don't think about when they're putting themselves out there on social media is who do they want to attract? Who is it that they're talking to? Is it recruiters? Is it thought leaders? Is it a specific industry? Um, is it maybe a customer or client base that they're trying to attract? And then anytime they're posting or sharing information, you keep that audience in mind in order to um, make sure that it's what they want to see in here, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I feel like a lot of us, even though social media has been you know, around for a while, I think a lot of us forget, especially if you aren't you know, a quote unquote influencer or anything like that, just a regular person with your social media platforms, that you do have an audience. And I think we forget that sometimes we're posting whatever we want to put out there and we don't realize, you know, people are watching and seeing and especially recruiters or uh, old employees uh, you know, that you used to work with, coworkers um, and potential people that could hire you. I know for 
myself, um, you know, before I, I transitioned to to have my own full time business, I definitely was more aware of that. I mean, obviously, because I, I guess I had a blog on the side, but it still was kind of just you know a hobby. But I was more aware of that, so I think that was one thing that I I learned was so so important, even even now. But yeah, LinkedIn, I feel like is. Um, sometimes not, I, it's not given as much importance as it really should be. I, I knew how important it was my last job, but part of my job was to, to try, I worked at a law firm and I had to train lawyers how to build their personal brands and their LinkedIn profiles. And I'm like, this is how you get clients or can be recruited to another firm. <laughs> you know, um, it's so, so important. Um, but it's not as flashy as say an Instagram, but I feel like that is how you can get a job. And I think, you know, it can be intimidating for many people, you know, like Insta is super fun. Um, Like if you look at my Insta feed, it's full of kids and dogs, right? Um, But when people are looking, uh, when they're looking to you as a a prospective candidate, the two things they're going to do is they're going to Google your name and they're going to look in LinkedIn. And so you want to be in command of the story that's being told in those two places. And, you know, as Sarah said, LinkedIn, number one place to look. And, you know, so I would say that the flip side of this is um, look at look at how you show up when you Google yourself. Right. And what what comes to the fore? Um, And you want to make sure that uh, that's telling a story about you that you want told. And part of being able to shape your narrative is people feel like they don't have that control with the internet, but they actually do because the more active and proactive that they are on LinkedIn or another social networking site, the search engines will push that to the top. So those are the ones that most likely these recruiters will click on. So if there's other things that you don't want to show up, the more active you are on other things that you're um, shaping that narrative, that's what is going to be, um, you know, first on the, in the search engine. Um, so it's important to think about that. And yes, Google yourself every so often, put a Google alert on, type that in on your name. Um, all of, all of that stuff is, is part of your brand. Absolutely. And I, I think one thing people forget too, because you mentioned, you know, it's important to be active on social media. I think a lot of people think, does that just mean commenting or liking or sharing? It could also be creating content. And I think a lot of people don't realize that anyone can be a, a content creator on LinkedIn. You can make a post, you can make a, a blog post, or you can make a medium account. And uh, there's so many different ways to show that you are, you know, an expert in your field. And that's maybe another thing too, is, is, you know, part of your personal brand is I am an expert in, in the job that I eventually want to get and, and kind of putting yourself in that kind of mindset I find can be helpful, especially when, you know, you talk in your book about uh, confidence and it, especially in your abilities and your skill set. Kind of, I want to talk a little bit about, about that because I, I know per, firsthand and also just talking to a ton of women over these past several years, um, confidence is a huge issue. Uh, we, str- I mean, I struggle with it. Everyone does. How can you overcome that feeling, that lack of confidence? Because I'm sure that's natural. The confidence is to uh, decrease when you've been away from the workforce for so long. The, the number one thing we recommend here is to prepare and practice. And when we say prepare, when you're, when you're looking to go get back into the workforce or to shift, a ro- shift into a new role or a new career, you want to spend some time educating yourself about the industry about the companies you're looking at, 
about the thought leaders in those companies and industries, about the people that you're going to be talking to. And there is a wealth of information on the internet that is free and readily available to you. Everything from Glassdoor to Payscale to Salary.com to Comparably, LinkedIn Jobs. There's a ton of information out there. And you, you need to approach it from a research perspective. The reason that's important is that you become informed. You understand what are the trends? What's hot? And as we see this over and over again, as people do this research, they say, oh, I know how to do that. I used to call it product planning. Now I'm a data scientist. Um, and so they see those transferable job titles. Um, the other thing is to, um, I think when when you're looking to build your confidence here, practice. You want to practice talking about what it is you did and what it is you're going to do next. And that that pitch is going to be super crisp. And you want to practice it with your friends, your uh, your former peers and coworkers. They know what you can do. Um, and, you know, whether it's a, a practice informational interview or a full loop, you want to make sure that you're comfortable getting the words out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. It really does take practice. It took me years to figure that one out. Absolutely. And I think that's something to keep in mind, too, is it's not an overnight thing, right? Don't put that pressure on yourself either. Um, you know, our whole book is it builds off of each thing. And then you start feeling more confident as you're doing some of these worksheets, as you're doing some of these exercises. Um, it's important to give yourself grace, right? It's not going to happen overnight. But Nancy is absolutely right. If you prepare and you practice, I mean, even, you know, uh, one thing that we get a lot is, again, I don't know what I want to do next. So how do I have those conversations? How do I talk about myself? And that's okay too. I mean, we give a template in our book. It's a very simple template that people can adapt, but it's okay. Well, you obviously have questions about different industries or different roles or things that look really neat that you might be interested in. Those questions are what you should be asking people finding people in those roles that you like and asking those questions. You know, we don't want people to feel scared and then not do anything, right? It's keep moving forward. And even if you don't know, you start asking those questions, you start talking to more people, that is going to narrow your focus down a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you haven't ever done that, that like the idea of like interviewing people just to kind of, Hey, I just want to learn more about your career or your role is so intimidating. And it is, but I mean, I personally did that. Um, I mean, this was like seven years ago, but when I, uh, moved cities and, and didn't really have a network in Toronto here, I had a, from my past job, I used to work in uh, marketing for a newspaper, had a few clients that were based here. I contacted all of them, took them out for coffee, just so I can get a sense of trying to figure out actually what I wanted to do moving forward. I wanted to kind of transition. And uh, not that, I, and I, at first, I think I came from a, the wrong perspective. I thought maybe this would lead to a job. Maybe one of these people would offer me a job. Did not lead to a job. I But I did learn some very, very important things about what do I actually want to do? And it really actually changed the direction I was going to go into. So it's intimidating, like, you know, contacting people or an acquaintance or even a cold call, but um, can really probably change change everything in a really good way. It is. And I want to, I want to add to what Sarah said. Um, the, the challenge for many of us 
is that you you have to be vulnerable um, when you're having these conversations. And that's really hard, especially, you know, you're vulnerable because you've been away. You're vulnerable because you're asking for, as Sarah says, you're asking for grace and you're asking for a favor, but that's all right. Um, and I think that you can go at it from a very low impact way. So Sarah, I'm going to steal your example here. When you're at your socially distanced neighborhood barbecue, right? Or winter, you know, winter carnival. And somebody says, how are you doing? Instead of going, oh, you know, hanging in there, ready to kill the kids, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, you say, you know, I'm thinking about getting back into the into the job force. And I'd really like to know a little more about what you're doing. That's it. That's it. That's a super easy conversation. And we suggest you go with people that you're familiar with and that know you and that know what you can do. That takes the stakes down. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's still intimidating, but so, so worthwhile. Um, and you never know those people. And this is kind of, I guess, how networking works. They may know someone you're like, you know what, you mentioned this and this other person comes to mind. And that's how you get connected to maybe someone who will lead to, you know, the right career transition for yourself. You just never know. But it's you have. Yeah, we have heard this over and over and over and over and over again. It's the social connections that really are going to help you out. And they've got to be genuine. You know, I mean, yeah. And I mean, absolutely. um, Cold calling and targeting people that you want to talk to. Yeah, that's an approach too. Um, Most of the time, it's somebody who knows you and knows what you can do, either from, you know, personal interactions or professional experience. Yeah. That's true. That usually works better. When I usually get like a cold email, I'm always a bit more hesitant if it's someone I am sort of familiar with. Maybe met, we met once or it's a friend of a friend or something like that. Always a little bit more open, right? So I'm curious, since you've probably talked to so many women who've made this transition, do you have any stories that you'd like to share about people who, you know, similar to you, were out of the workforce and kind of use some of your advice to get back into it? Oh, we have so many. <laughs> <laughs> I... Yeah, I have one actually that happened not too long ago. I was at an event um, with my kids. It was a their school event. And there was a woman that had come through our program. And I didn't know she was affiliated with this organization. And we were talking and it was great to see her. And we were just catching up and she was still looking. And um, but she was, you know, really motivated. And there was another woman that had come to talk with us. And again, I didn't know they knew each other, but they knew each other in a past professional life. And this new woman um, came up and um, said, so uh, Monica, what are, what have you been up to? And she kind of looked <laughs> at me like, this is the time that I need to say this, isn't it? And I looked at her and I was like, no pressure. I'm not, you know, like just you do what you want to do. But she said, well, you know, funnily enough, I, I'm getting back in the workforce. I'm, you know, looking to see what I want to do next. And they talked a little bit more. And and that woman was like, you know what? I know someone that you can talk to. Let me put you in touch. So it's just, it happens when you least expect it. And it's important, though, that it won't happen unless you're prepared. I know for a fact that Monica had practiced that pitch. I know that she was confident in what she was asking. You know, you're not asking for a job 
especially not ask for a job, which is great, right? Because that takes the pressure off. But maybe you are asking for if anyone knows a contact in the marketing industry or something like that, right? So um, she had all of that and she practiced and she was able to do it and it, and it worked for her. So there's tons of those stories. Uh, there's so many. Yeah. You know, um, there's a gal that I'm thinking of. Um, she came through our program, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Um, and she had been working, you know, for a family based business for a very long time. Um, and there's a lot of uh, discounting of that sometimes in the professional workforce, but she really wanted to go get back. Um, she ended up at a um, real estate co working space. And it didn't use all of her skills, but it used enough of her skills. And it, she said, you know, it wasn't my dream job, but it was great to get back to work and to get paid. And she did a fabulous job negotiating for her herself. Well, during the pandemic, of course, everything real estate um, focused has been affected. The co-working space she worked for shut down. She was then approached by a local online real estate company who said, hey, we're really interested in the work that you did at that co-working space, despite the fact that it closed. And we'd like you to come in and talk to us Long story short, she started this week as like West Coast director for this very large company, um, and it was because she she took a she took a leap of faith and said, "I'm going to use some, not all, of my skills, and I'm going to tell people this is what I want to do next." Mm-hmm. Wow, that's exciting! That's so exciting, <laughs> and and you know it, we're so proud of her. We get these emails um, a lot, actually, and it's just it's. It's just so heartwarming and amazing that they're taking control of their careers. And it's it's exciting, especially during this time. Especially during this time. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people think that, oh, there's no point in even bothering right now. But uh, no, the people are getting jobs. People are buying houses. Like things are still happening on a different level, but it's still, it does, th- this shouldn't be an excuse you use to not try. Actually, this is a good excuse to buy your book and take the time to read it because we all have a little bit more time at home, don't we? <laughs> One would think. One would think. Yeah, that's true. That really depends, isn't it? Yes. Um, thank you so much for joining me on this show. Before I let you go, I want, you know, I'm sure people will have questions for you, want to start following you. Nancy, I'll start with you. Where can people find more information about you and, and follow you? We, uh, if you want to know more about the book, go to backtobusinessbook.com and you can see us in the flesh. There's a lot of little videos. Um, and then if you want to know more about our company, the swingshift.co. And you can also follow us on social, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at the swingshift co. Amazing. Perfect. Um, yeah, I think this is great timing. You know, it's the new year and this is a great time to start thinking about your next chapter or, you know, re-entering the workforce, um, even during a pandemic. <laughs> There's no excuses. You have lots of stories to kind of prove otherwise. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. It was a pleasure having you both here to talk about this. Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. Jessica. And that was episode 261 with Nancy Jensen and Sarah Duenwald of The Swing Shift Co. Make sure to grab a copy of their book, 
back to business. I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I'm mentioning it now. Of course, I'm going to do another book, book giveaway. I, I'm, I always do book giveaways. If someone's on my show and they have a book, I'm going to give it away because I want more people to read. And also, uh, hopefully, I kind of always love the idea that um, someone who wins my book or is inspired to buy the book will read the book, get inspired, and then hand it to someone else. And then it'll continue throughout the world. People will just learn and get inspired. And that's my, that's my dream. That's what I assume happens when someone gets a book uh, that is featured on this show. Not sure if that actually happens, but let's just pretend that's what happens. Um, as I mentioned, you can find more information at the, uh, about The Swing Shift at theswingshift.co. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn at The Swing Shift. And of course, Sarah and Nancy are on LinkedIn too, so you can check them out and connect if you so wish. Um, uh, oh yeah, more information about the their book is uh, at backtobusiness.com. And also, if you purchase the book, it gets you 40% off uh, their accompanying e-course. So there you go. A little deal for you, 40% off. Why not? Um, and lastly, they have a thing called Free Hangout Habit Sessions, which is a focused on women in career transition. Uh, so you can hear from an array of incredible women speakers at various companies and industries uh, who provide their insight to help navigate your next career move. You can find more information about this at the swingshift.co slash hangouts. Very cool. Um, of course, I've got some very, very, very important things to share. So do not go away. Just a few words I want to share about this episode's wonderful podcast sponsor. This episode of the Momony Podcast is supported by the Canada Deposit Insurance Corporation, CDIC. Did you know that CDIC protects up to $100,000 per category per member institution? Let's break that down, shall we? First, if you hold savings in cash, GICs, or other term deposits, or even foreign currency at a CDIC member institution, those deposits would be protected up to $100,000. And if you have joint deposits with someone else, those deposits would also be covered up to the $100,000. Same goes for deposits in your RRSP, TFSA, RRIF, and trust accounts each would be protected separately up to $100,000, and that is at the same institution. Now, if you bank with more than one CDIC member institution, the situation repeats itself. So if you've had $300,000 spread evenly across three different banks or categories, your entire $300,000 would be protected. See what I did there? It's important to know this so you can maximize your deposit insurance coverage. To learn all the ins and outs of how CDIC works so you can feel confident about the safety of your savings, make sure to visit cdic.ca. Once again, that's cdic.ca to learn more. First, just as a reminder, if you want any information about this episode, I'm going to include links, all the things that I mentioned, and maybe you're driving or you're you know busy and you're like, what is that? Just go to the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 261. The show notes will always be at jessicamorehouse.com slash whatever the number of the episode is. Or if you can't remember the number of the episode, you can just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash podcast and you can find all the episodes there. That's where they're all at. Um, a couple of things I want to let you know about. Um... Oh, so many things. So many things. Um, okay. First and foremost, I've been getting a lot of uh, emails and DMs and messages from people uh, asking for, you know, where are your resources? Or do you, you mentioned some spreadsheets. Where are those? I have a ton, a ton of budget spreadsheets. So no matter pretty much what you're financial situation is. If you're single and you're an employee, if you're a couple and one of you is self-employed and the other person's an employee, 
if you're a couple and both self-employed, if you're, I mean, I can go on and on like this. I think there's about seven spreadsheets I've created for different scenarios. They're all on my shop page. So go to jessicamorehouse.com slash shop. And it doesn't just, uh, so some of them are free, some of them aren't, but um, they all come with access to a free video tutorial library because I, I get, as you may imagine, get a ton of emails being like, how do you do this? How do you do this? Well, I'm pr- I pretty I've stopped kind of getting lots of those emails and I think it's because I've made enough videos that will answer all of your questions. If you want to learn how to, you know, copy this or make a new column or anything, it's in the video tutorial library. So it's almost really, really it's kind of like a free or a, you know, a additional kind of free e-course if you if you so wish. I'm um, talking about e-courses my investing course. I hope to have some exciting news for you very, very soon. But of course, I'm going to let people know on my email list and of course, social media first. Um, so make sure to get on my email list, com slash subscribe. Um, and follow me on Instagram at Jessica I Morehouse. You can also follow the podcast at Mo Money Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. It's the same handle. Um, yeah. Oh, also just in case, just in case is, um, you're wondering, Hey, whatever happened to that Facebook group? And I'm pretty sure I've taken down all the links for it, but possibly not. I'm, I'm actually certain there's some links about the Facebook group on my website still. So, if you don't remember, um, some of the the last episodes I did um, in December, I shared that I was shutting it down, but not actually shutting it down. I was just leaving it, and I was handing it off to Alyssa Davies, who is the you know blogger behind Mixed Up Money. Um, so she is now running it, and I left it. So I actually have no idea what it looks like, who's in there, what it, maybe it has a new name. I don't know. I don't know. I left because it was just like, I'm not going to like be a creepy and just like stalk and be in there and stalk in it. You know what I mean? Like the idea was for me to move away so I can uh, do some new things because I'm going to be opening up um, new Facebook groups exclusively for students in my upcoming courses. So with that said, if you want to join that group, which it was supposed to, you know, supposed to be kind of you know, the same people, same vibe, same situation. Um, well, I don't really know what the name is. Probably should have Googled it. I would suggest just um, following, go to Melissa's uh, you know, website, Mixed Up Money, or follow her on Instagram, uh, Mixed Up Money. She has a great Instagram, FYI. And I'm sure she'll have more information about that. So that's what I have to say about that in case you're wondering whatever happened with that. That's what happened. Oh, right. The, like, I was just like, what else do I have to say? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I talked about a contest and I didn't give you any information about it. Um, so my book giveaway pretty much will always be at the same link, jessicamorehouse.com slash contests. So if you want to enter to win a, a chance to win this book, uh, Back to Business, I will have it on there, jessicamorehouse.com slash contest. And as more people are on the show with books, I will add them to the contest. Again, I always uh, share this in my you know um, biweekly newsletter. So that's that. But you can just like maybe save that on your, you know, browser, like bookmark it and then check it once in a while, enter the contest and that'll that'll save you some time. Um, yeah, I feel like that's all I, all I've got. Like, I don't have any, like, I'm going to be really excited to share when my investing course is ready. It's just not ready quite yet. And I'm going to let you know when it is and it'll be super, super exciting. But until then sit tight. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be worth the wait. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back here next Wednesday with another episode. Have an amazing rest of your week. See you later. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.